the Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. We are back. It is a brand new week on the Mess It Up podcast, and here we are to share it with you. I'm the Bowtie Guy. And I am the Biker Chick. And uh, hopefully we make your day just a little bit brighter than it was. Hopefully. Yeah. If we don't, you can email us. Uh, you can tell me. Let me know right away. Hey, biker guy. Or bowtie, bowtie guy. guy. That's you let your me name. Down. It's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. If you want to get a hold of me, it's bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. And if for some reason you're feeling like you just want to get a hold of the show in general, let us know what's going on or to say hi to intern Dave. That would be info at MessItUpPodcast.com. You can also uh, find us on our Reddit account. Go to Messed Up Ministries uh, as a subreddit and join our conversation there. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. So follow us all over the place. We're also on Twitter. Uh, so hopefully we're get a hold of a bull and uh, you can get a hold of us. That's a good word. I try. Is it as good a word as our word of the week? I don't think so. Do you remember what our word of the week is? No. Ephemeral. Ooh. Yeah. You want to take a shot at what ephemeral might mean? No. Just guess. Nope. All right. Fair enough. It's something that lasts for a short time, kind of like the laughter after my jokes. <laughs> Very ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's something that's like, you know, here and gone and it flash and uh, doesn't last very long, maybe fleeting. Um, and um, sometimes, sometimes recovery to me can feel that way. Like my highs are short-lived and it's like, well, I remember having a customer at Starbucks. This guy would come in and I'd say, hey, I'm going to call him uh, Jimmy. It's not his name. Hey, Jimmy, how's your day going? It's going okay, but there's plenty of day left so it can change. And it's like, what kind of a sorry attitude is that? Wow, Christina just looked down. I know somebody like I just know somebody (laughs) like that. That's all. Yeah, it's 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 sad, but sometimes I can feel that way. Like, you know, I I'm having success, but it's going to be short lived. It's going to be ephemeral. It's going to be gone. I mean, tomorrow, who knows what I'm going to do. And that's a, a tricky place to be, I guess, with recovery. Yeah, for sure. Or with life in general. Mm hmm. Absolutely. He's just going to leave us hanging home. Got so quiet. I know. I'm like, drink. what are you thought, doing? I'm just going to see what happens if I shut up for a while. Yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing happens. Um, what is it that, that brings that about in, in your life, with those, those thoughts of fleeting success or maybe fleeting uh, negative as well? Like, well, it's bad, but it won't last forever. What, I mean, where, where do those ideas come from in your life, do you think? Do you not know? Man, the crease, the, the eyebrow crease is like the Grand Canyon. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe give me an example of what you're thinking. Well, I think, especially in terms of negative, um, one of my favorite books is uh, Screwtape Letters. And it's uh, a C.S. Lewis book. And it is the uh, proposed letter dialogue between... Uh, Wormwood and Screwtape, and um, they are a master devil and an apprentice, his nephew, and they um, 
are writing back and forth to each other and he's saying, you know, they're, they're talking about him, the, the, the apprentice working on this Christian and the ways that we get attacked. And so it just comes completely, it never gives the, the viewpoint of the victim. It's just, hey, you did this and I see this. And, and so it's just these series of letters. But that's something that I think that the enemy uses against me is, is doubt. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's good, but it won't last. Um, and, you know, you better better hang on to this now because it's going to be gone soon. And I can remember being on vacations where I'd be on a two-week vacation and three or four days into it, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, vacation's going to be over in a few days. And, and then you hit that one week point. It's like, oh, well, halfway done with vacation. And now instead of enjoying the next seven days, I'm just mourning them. And I'm like, this is l- ludicrous. It's ridiculous. It's whack. Right. It is a bit whack, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I think that it's it's just those attacks that, that that's a, like a weak spot on me, a, a chink in the armor uh, for me that, that will get the focus of the attack. You're laughing. I'm so confused right now. Yeah. It's not even funny. I'm sitting here and I'm like, I have nothing to say. I'm trying to comp. I don't know. The nothingness. I'm trying to comprehend and my brain's not working like so that. Do you have times where you think the good times aren't going to last? I suppose, but I try not to focus on that. Okay. I don't see things from that perspective. I don't think. How do you see him? What do you, are, do you? Things can always get better. Yeah. Like just cause today sucks or this moment sucks. It doesn't mean everything sucks that it can get better, but I don't think I don't sit there and wait for things to get worse. Yeah. That's I, a, I'm not wired that way. That's a healthier outlook. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, and we're told not to worry, you know, uh, he says, you know, the birds of the field take care of them, are you know taken care of. So how come you think God wouldn't take care of you as well? So I don't need to do that worry, and I don't need to beat myself up, and I don't need to give away the good times because the bad times might be coming next. Um, I, I guess it's it's just a, a lack of confidence, perhaps, on my part. I think when for me. When I worry that things aren't going to get better is when something's out of my control completely, yet it affects my life on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a relationship that's close to me or something like that, something that affects me, but um, the other person might be hard to deal with. And so it, it can be wearing on me. And I might be like, gosh, why do I continue to be in this situation that I'm in if the other part of this is not a positive impact on me. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I continue to do this? But I, I always know that things can get better in one way or another. I have hopeless moments like of like, this really sucks. I don't think it's ever going to get better. But then there's typically something that pulls me out of that moment because I'm just not wired to sit in that place for a long time. Yeah. And for the most part, I, I would tend to cast myself in the light of an optimist me too. That I can find the, the positive in something. Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. I get very passionate about my sports. And when my team wins, you'll hear about it. Right. When my team loses, I'm able to kind of shake it off. I mean, I need a few moments and a little bit of time, but I don't 
I don't walk around dour for days because my team lost a championship or whatever. It's like, well, okay, let's go get them next year and, and see what happens. So I think I tend to get that way, but but not always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I will get like like I say, on a vacation I'll I'll start mourning the loss of the vacation before it's even there instead of celebrating the fact that it is. See, when I'm on vacation, usually I really enjoy the first couple of days and then I'm like, wow, not being in my home, not being, you know, and then it starts to wear on me because I'm outside of my comfort zone and I don't have the luxuries of my everyday life. I don't have the luxury of my own bed. I don't have the luxury of my own pantry, you know, all the things that I want. But usually it's like those first few days are the most awesome. And then it's like, oh, wow, we still have five days left here not, you know, yeah. not stoked about that, but I would still try to find the brightness in it, you know? Yeah. Usually when I'm on vacation, I'm either with my mother-in-law who I adore right. and my father-in-law who I adore or with uh, intern Dave, yeah. who is not a shakurker. <laughs> I, I put that in again for, for intern Dave. Uh, so it's, um, I, I think that's typically when, when we do vacations, we do family that we haven't seen. And so it's, um, it's good, yeah. uh, for that. You know, if I was just doing a, just a trip to go somewhere, yeah, then, then I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of ready to, to get home. Even if I took a trip, like, you know, like say to Hawaii or whatever, it's like, you know, at some point it's like, I need to get back home and, and get out of this, you know, beach beautiful weather and, you know, gorgeous plants and stuff. I just don't do being out of my comfort zone very well. I don't do change very well. So most of my trips to Arizona, I love seeing my daughter and my son, my brother, you know, my cousin, my aunt, all those people. I love seeing them, but you know, sleeping on brother's couch only is acceptable in my mind for so long. You know, yeah. a week on somebody else's couch is kind of wearing to me, even though I love the company and I love the people I'm with and I love the conversations and I love all that. There's just something in me that's like, I spaz when I'm not in a controllable environment for me. What do you, have you, have you investigated that? I mean, do you have any thoughts about why that is for you? The, 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 is it a control thing? Is it a fear thing? I think it's a control thing. I think it's just I have to have, you know, I don't like living in disarray. And so when I'm living out of a suitcase or whatever for several days on end, or if I don't have the comfort of just relaxing and doing me, or I have to plan on, you know, when someone's going to be home so that I can get in or out of the house, um, it's yeah. just a lot to surrender to. Yeah, I, I, I like the adventure of that sometimes, but it has to be uh, an adventure of my choosing. And, oh, and let me say I've got a four-year-old. Well, that's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's an adventure of your choosing. <laughs> that, that is an adventure of itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... Um, I guess that it, 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 it comes down to a little bit of a difference of perhaps the difference of what I'm feeling and what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling this, but I'm doing that. Is, is that a fair statement that, that sometimes what we're feeling, what we're doing are, are different. And if it's, if they're the same, then there's the, the comfort, the control, the predictability of it. Faith says no. 
Okay. I don't know. Say it in a different way, or you? Yeah, say it in a different way. Okay, so um, sometimes I am. I, I guess it comes down to the fake it till you make it concept. Mm-hmm. That I'm feeling negative, but I'm just going to pretend like it's all. I hate the phrase. It's all good. How you doing? Uh, it's all good. No. It's not all good. There's bad stuff. And I, I, that denial and that whole concept, and I agree to an extent with fake it till you make it, but I also agree with the fact that we've got to be real on stuff. If and your environment allows you to be real. I think there's certain environments where you just can't be like, hey, dude, man, like this has fallen apart. They're like, dude, I just met you, you know, two minutes ago at Starbucks and asked you how that coffee was like a bit much to be pouring on me there, homie. But if, you know, you are in a situation where you can be vulnerable with somebody, it can be like, hey, you know, yeah, it's it's a rough day, but it's going to be all right. Is it more appropriate to fake it in... um, I, I, the, the, the less close the relationship or situation is, does that mean the more appropriate it is to fake it and just put on what's needed? I think you got to consider the comfort level of all parties involved in the conversation. You know, if I just met, you know, Jody Sue at church and I've seen her three times and she's like, Hey, how are you? And my life is falling apart. I'm not going to be like, Hey, yeah. So it completely sucks. Because then she's going to be like, yeah. oh, wow. Thanks for asking, James. Um, Do you have a minute? <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so I'm more likely to tell her, you know, hey, things are going pretty good. How are you? I'm not going to be like, oh, great, fantastic life is, you know, but hey, things are going pretty good. Because it's all perspective, too. Right. Um, I see that. And then I think to myself, because I, I think about sometimes on a Friday night at CR, and I'm just like... I need to let some stuff out. I just need to show some vulnerability. Right. But then I also think, okay, sometimes when I'm really close to people, I don't want to open this up. I don't want to get it because they might care enough to ask the follow-up question. Whereas in a a casual, not a 100% stranger casual, like, you know, standing in line at Starbucks making small talk. But a semi-casual, like, you know, I have your email address, but I don't necessarily have your phone number. You know, like, how you doing? Well, you know, I had a little bit of a rough day. You know, all right, I'll see you later kind of a thing. And so your expected reply on that is, oh, man, sorry about that. Yeah, But sorry. there's no digging into right. it. Where yeah. if you're closer, then it might be, you know, if, so tell me about if, it or if, what's if going on. If we walk into the studio and you see me wearing it and okay. you'll say, what's going on? And I, if I say, oh, well having a really hard time, you know, fighting with this addiction of mine. Right. You're not going to be like, okay, cool. Thanks. I'll pray for you. And let's record now. Right. You know, you're going to ask me some uncomfortable, awkward, pointed, probing questions. Right. And sometimes I don't want that. Or like with a spouse or a, a, a child or, you know, that you're close to, like I think of my adult children. Um, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh. Can I just get through this? Can I just fake my way out of this so they don't ask me those questions because I just want to go mope and isolate and I think that feel would be bad alone. 
I think that would be more of denial or unhealthy behavior oh, versus completely, completely unhealthy. So yes. that's not faking it. See, I don't categorize that as faking it till, till you make it. I think you've crossed over that's the just line faking. there. Yeah, that's just, just faking yeah. it. Yeah, there's no benefit to either party of you doing it. I think that actually hinders. Because in my mind, I'm 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 giving myself the permission. I'm like, you know what? I just get through this night. I'll get some sleep and I'll feel better in the morning and be okay. So I'm going to fake it until I make it. So I'm, I'm not going to tell my wife that I just lost my job. You know, I'll get another job tomorrow. And when I get the new job, I'll tell her that I lost the old job. Yeah, that's denial. Yeah. You think? I do. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Pretty positive. And it almost sounds like you're classifying that as unhealthy? Yeah. Wow. I would. That kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh... That's a deep subject. I, I think it is a deep subject, and it kind of goes in well with well. our, you know, song of the week. Oh, well, deep subject. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a great one. Took I'm a minute. I'm giving you bonus points right there, and I think that's going to be on that. the uh, com website uh, soon. That was a good one. Um I, I didn't get it because I couldn't see where you were going with it. And Danny Goki hasn't seen it yet either. That's our song of the week. Give it a listen. You'll thank me later. And we'll see you on the other side of the break. It's like the brightest sunrise Waiting on the other side On the darkest night Don't ever lose hope Hold on and believe Maybe you just haven't seen it Just haven't seen it yet You're closer than you think you are guys could see the shenanigans that happen during the breaks i think it would probably make awesome youtube channel maybe at some point we'll do just the break video of the break for our uh, patreon members uh but uh, it's always quite fun and exciting just to see you know me playing with the button of because I, I have the control of pushing start stop yeah and uh sometimes i uh i don't act with great maturity we'll say no yeah not so. always um, so this song, I think, kind of fits into that whole idea of, uh, of what we were talking about. Um, and you were telling an interesting story that I want you to tell in a second, but I just wanted to say when I'm looking at it, the thing that jumps out to me is the, when he talks in the, the chorus, it's brightest sunrise waiting on the other side of the darkest night. He's got these opposites going on. Mm -hmm. And you might not see the good stuff 
it's just not there yet. And um, the, these journeys that we take, that I take, uh, for, you know, like, I'm going to go to the gym and get healthy. I'm going to watch what I eat. Uh, I'm going to do, you know, better with this habit or that habit or whatever. I'm, I'm going to... It doesn't happen immediately for me in most cases. Right. It is this long, long slog that I have to go through. And, and I don't see the benefit. I don't see the 20 pounds gone. I step on the scale and the pounds are still there. But I know that if I keep going, it's waiting for me there. The promise is waiting. I just have to keep working in that direction. And it's not just a matter of waiting. I mean, yeah, the sun will come up if I wait. But but most of the stuff I have to be moving in a direction mm-hmm. to go to it. Because right. if I don't choose to do something, I'm choosing not to do it. And that's a choice right. to, to move away from it. And, and God has me. God wants these things for me. I'm turning my life over to God's care and control. But I still have that responsibility to move toward that goal and make those steps and, you know, not have more than a portion that I deserve or not to eat those extra carbs and sugars. Donuts. I didn't want to name it. (laughs) (laughs) We all know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's sad, but, but the, the fact is those promises are there. I just haven't seen them. And I've got to be able to find the strength in Christ to hold on. Right. One of the lines in here that I really like is don't forget the things that he has done before. And remember, he can do it all once more. My memory is very short-sighted. I remember what I remember at this moment and that's it. So there's a lot of things that I can look back in the last almost seven years of sobriety and forget real easily. Like the fact that God brought me into sobriety, the fact that God brought me out of some pretty crappy situations, that God has changed my heart so much and restored relationships and all kinds of things. But when it's super tough and the one thing that I'm hyper-focused on is not changing, it's frustrating. And that's what I see. And so it's easy for me to forget all that he has done instead of focusing on what he has done and holding tight to the fact that he's going to do more because I'm his favorite. What do we, what do we do to remember those things? I mean, how do we, how do we not forget? Do do you have a a method or tools or, or, or something that's worked for you? (laughs) Nope. And we'll see you next week on the it's a mess podcast. (laughs) No, I think it's just a matter. It's training your brain. You know, I'm a big fan of, training your brain because once you get grooves in your brain, they're really, really easy to go down the same groove. But if you, and that groove can be your negativity or your hopelessness or your whatever it is. And so when you're so used to focusing on, gosh, this is, here we go again, I'm in a dark spot. Here we are. You know, you're just running that path over and over. But when you're like, Hey, I'm going to take a quick ride down gratitude lane. I can start to remember, Hey, these are the things that God has done for me. You know, I, when you get in the, the routine of going, okay, I know what this thinking leads to. And one of my tools is gratitude. I can then steer <coughs> in a different direction and say, hey, you know, I see the negativity. I'm going to choose 
gratitude at this moment. I'm going to look back and say, what are the things that God has done in my life? Okay. He's not that distant God that I feel like he is right now. He's actually closer than I anticipated. So I think it's just for me, I have to have a fire drill mentality and I can't have a fire drill when the building is on fire. That's not a drill. That's the actual thing. It's real life. And I need to have had the drill beforehand. I don't want to be practicing in the moment. I need to practice where I go, how I go, what I do, have that muscle memory so that when chaos is all around, I don't have to think what comes next. I know this is what comes next. And so, so using those tools in my toolkit and having, I heard a lady this week say, having a toolkit that's, that's deep and, and that I can draw from deep in that toolkit to be ready in those moments. Mm-hmm. And that's why we practice our steps and that's why we go through and, and that's why we, we live that because when we need it, when I need it, I want to be prepared for it. So it's just second nature. And I can then be looking out for where are the, the daggers coming at me instead of just trying to think, all right, how do I move my right foot now? Well, there was a testimony that we heard at CR not too long ago where a woman was talking about, you know, 90% of the time, you know, we're in recovery. Things are okay. Things are, you know, normal day-to-day stuff. And 10% is, is in crisis. And we don't go to celebrate recovery. We don't gather these tools on a regular basis for the 90% of the time. So I go to recovery. I learn lessons. I gather tools. That's my normal process in my recovery routine. But 90% of the time, I don't need to use them mm-hmm. because I'm not in crisis 90% of the time. doesn't mean things are going great, but it doesn't mean that I'm in the crisis to where I'm going to need to really jack that toolbox out. But the other 10% of the time, if I don't have tools in my toolbox, then I have no way of dealing with the situation whatsoever. And I'll be pretty transparent here. I almost relapsed not too long ago. And I say that, and then I convince myself I wasn't really that close because I wasn't really going to go have a drink. But it was really real at that time. Like, it was really real. Um, I could not talk myself out of the negative, or I couldn't talk myself out of drinking. I couldn't find the positives to stay sober. It just didn't seem like that big of a deal to me anymore. But that toolbox, you know, I am taught to reach out to people. I am taught to talk when I'm in crisis mode. And those people are trained through their own recovery to know what I'm doing and what I'm going through. And so they're going to reach out and try to pull me out of my funk and help me through that crisis. If I wasn't so programmed to reach out to people, I might've drank, but in my recovery, it's always push to call somebody, push to do this, push to. So there's two people that, you know, I text and those were the two people I have. I am so grateful. I have so many options Mm -hmm. on who I could call when I'm in crisis. Right. That, after that, I was like, man, I could have picked 15 people to text at that moment. But the two people that I text at the moment, one is new to sobriety, and I know she knows what it feels like. And the other one, I think a lot alike with this person. So it's easy when someone's relatable and can say, hey, I feel your crisis. Yeah. What about this? What are you doing? Let me be there to help. Yeah, you have those lifeboats on the, the ship, mm-hmm. not so that you'll use them. And, and certainly it's better to stay on the cruise ship than to be in the little lifeboat. Right. But when you need it, you should ought to know how to, to make that lifeboat work. You know, I heard should ought to. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a Southernism. Um, 
I heard uh, someone talking about uh, the Titanic sinking and saying that most of the they didn't have enough lifeboats for one thing, mm-hmm. but a lot of the lifeboats that left, people they weren't full. Right. People didn't know how to use them. They they capsized. They didn't get filled because people didn't take it seriously, and it. We now know that it was a mess. I mean, it was over a hundred years ago, and we still know it was kind of a big deal. Right. And having those those things available, and and knowing, you know, that at the time we're going to have to pull that out and use it. It's yeah. it's critical. And so, yeah, practicing in the good times and, and thinking about why it's worth it in the good times. I'm not going to care. I'm cuz I've been in those those low moments when someone's like, "Well, you know, you've got so much to, you know, keep going for." I'm like, "I have an idea. Shut up." <laughs> I'm feeling bad right now and I don't care. Right. And when I when I leave the prison, I'm thinking, "Man, I reached one person. That's great. Just one person. That's enough." And when I'm feeling good, one person's enough. When I'm feeling bad, a hundred people is not enough. Right. And and so I need to be ready in those times. I need to 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 prime the pump in the times so that when I'm panicking, I'm not having to be out there and just priming that pump. It's it's no good. True. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well. Well. <laughs> you're just repeating everything I say now. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like me with a two-year-old. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a fun show. Hopefully, your July 4th was okay. I was going to ask you about it, but I didn't want to take time uh, in the show to ask you about the uh, the July 4th weekend. But hopefully, everything you had was good. If you had a great July 4th, uh, put some pictures on our Facebook showing uh, what you did for July 4th to uh, stay sober, to take the mess and turn it into a message. Hopefully, you could show us all of your fingers in those pictures uh, because you didn't... Um, Remove any of them with force. Uh, take some time to go and uh, review the show for us. Go on iTunes. Give us a, a rating and a review. That really helps people find the show and, and listen to us. Uh, we'd love to have you join us as a patron. So go to MessItUpPodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron button. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And with a couple hundred people a week listening to the show, if, even if just half of you did it, it would really help to, uh, to cover costs for some things here uh, and make it a lot easier on us. And we really appreciate that. So thank you in advance for doing that. Uh, we love what you're doing and supporting the show. Tell people about it and uh, have a great time. And we'll see you again next time we mess it up. No. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.